Hello and welcome to the McYappin Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. And I'm Ian. And uh, as per usual, we're going to be hitting you up with a whole bunch of movie news. And then we got some reviews for you. We're going to be reviewing Source Code, the uh, latest film from Duncan Jones, the director of Moon. I'll get a review of True Grid in. And uh, I'll be reviewing Love and Other Drugs, uh, another Jake Gyllenhaal movie. It's a Jake Gyllenhaal special. It's Jacob Palooza. It's Jacob Palooza this evening. Uh, Love and Other Drugs, the movie that he co-stars with Anne Hathaway, directed by Edward Zwick. But uh, before we get into news, if any of you have any questions or comments, please uh, email us at podcast at mcyappenfries.com. Podcast at mcyappenfries.com. I'm putting a challenge out now that if you email us a question, I promise you that our answer will make your head explode, scanner style. <laughs> you're standing by that. I'm, yeah, standing, I'm standing by that. that. Okay, you're standing by that. I'm standing by that. I'm standing by that. I mean, we won't know anyway. We can't get sued. Uh, unless, unless they unless they email us back saying my head didn't explode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be like, excuse me. Don't promise anything else. Like, we can get sued on this. No, I'm not, not going to promise to make exhibit else. A like, the podcast like gold on. coins. And shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, send us any questions. Podcast at mcappenfries.com. Your head will fucking explode. And we'll also read it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty much guaranteed we'll read your, it out. Your head will explode! <laughs> this is Podcast 82, by the way, so yeah. Podcast 82, happy birthday us. Happy birthday. Jumping straight in at uh, number one. The uh, casting news this week is that Michael Shannon has been cast as Zod in the new Superman movie. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know, Jack Snyder said it wasn't going to be Zod. Uh, I, I, I'm, uh, I mean, nothing wrong with Michael Shannon. I, I like Michael Shannon. He's a very good actor. That's a uh, very bad picture of him. Though, it is a very. IMDb well, have a terrible picture of you the guy's say that, haircut. You say that like he's a fucking heartthrob. You know? He's not. He's not exactly. I mean, he's not, he has he's not, a face like a mallet. He's not. An, <laughs> he's not an ugly man per se. He's a character actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's in, he's in Boardwalk Empire he's making not, you're, Bruce, you're not, Steve Buscemi look good. You're not. Ugly, you're a character actor. <laughs> Tom Cruise doesn't play characters, he plays himself in yeah. different outfits. Upside down, hanging, hanging from things. Hanging from things. It's like he's got nope. I, I gotta keep swinging from crazy shit so people will forget that I'm gay and a Scientologist and that I can't act. <laughs> Although, props, born the 4th of July. Mm. <laughs> penis! Big heart, erect penis, mom! <laughs> I wish I could. I would play with my penis if I had one. <laughs> have you um, have you actually seen him in uh, Revolutionary Road? Uh, I actually have not seen Revolutionary Road. Neither have I. No, um, I, I feel kind of bad about that. But I think I was going through an anti Leo phase at the time or whatever. I was just like, I'm always like that. It's like Leo DiCaprio, fuck off. Yeah. But you know, now in the wake of Inception and everything, I'm, you know, maybe I should give it a go. And it's supposed around. to be a very good film. I yeah. Mean, uh, I just see them bitching about it in Paris, and it's been on TV, and I'm like. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It, and also, it doesn't exactly look like the feel-good movie of the year. No. Uh, but, no, I mean, Michael Shannon, great actor. i got no issue with Michael, Sh- uh, Michael Shannon. I'm just... Uh, I just kind of... My interest in this movie now has kind of dropped a bit, knowing that it's Zod. Yeah. It's like, you know, this. you've been all this... You know, given the spiel about how you're not concerned about the movies that came before, then don't use Zod! Yeah. There's so many... So many fucking Superman villains what out kind there. Of, you know, Brainiac. Brainiac. Oh, Brainiac. Doomsday. Something. Darkseed. Something. Yeah. Something that looks fucked up. You know, like Zod. Are, are they gonna go for the for the black latex sort of look again? You know. I don't know. And that's one of the things for for me. You know, it's one of those things growing up. It's not Zod. Terrence Stamp isn't Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp is Zod. Zod. <laughs> exactly. You know, or the limey. Yeah. <laughs> tell him I'm coming. Tell him, you tell him I'm fucking coming. <laughs> 
But it, you know, for someone <laughs> never gets old. For someone, yeah, for someone, except for people who listen to the show. Yeah. <laughs> she just put up that clip of him getting thrown out of the building, getting back up, and going back inside. But um, yeah, for someone who's saying they want to strike a new path, you know, Superman Returns was so slavishly in love with Superman One, and then yeah. this one is seemingly in. You know, it, it, well, it's got Zod, so it's got some love for Superman too. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, I, I, I don't know. It, it, at the end of the day, it's just about wanting to see them do something different. Yeah. By putting General Zod in there, it just immediately you think it's no re- longer a reboot; it's a remake. Yeah, you immediately think, even if you do have different action beats, and even if he doesn't like spin around the world and save it, even if it's a different story, the fact I'm hoping that he doesn't spin around the, the world. The fact that you still got Ma, pa, Ma and Pa Kent there, the fact that Smallville is still going to play a part somewhat. What? Yeah, well, you got Ma and Pa Kent. How can Smallville not be oh, a part? Oh, the town. I thought it meant the TV show. No, not the TV show. You know, Tom Welling's going to come in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should get him to be the guy who says, Look up in the air! Is it a bird? It's the part I nearly played! Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I did this for ten fucking years. Is it a bird? Is it a, is it a plane? No, it's the rest of your career flying away. Technically, who's more qualified than Tom Welling? He's been playing Superman, Superman for, for ten, ten years. years. <laughs> and what does he get? A remake of The Fog. And that's ten years of playing Superman. Nope. That's not ten years of like, he was Superman for ten years. Like playing Superman. Every week. It's like, Dean Cain's pissed. Yeah. You know that Tom Welling in 10 years time is going to be, you know, he's going to be one of those sci-fi be, he's, movies. He's going to be hosting sci-fi channel movies. Hosting like Ripley's Believe It or Not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But Snyder's a dick. I mean, he came back with Zod is not only one of Superman's most formidable enemies, but one of the most significant because he's insights into Superman that others don't. Michael is a, uh, yeah, just thing about actor, but like you don't need insight insights into Superman. I mean, yeah, he can hit him. That's about it. I think that's what Snyder's going for. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 if you want a villain to hit, there again, there are so many other fucking villains out there that you can, you know, pit Superman against. Another uh, so so. I mean, are we moving on from that? Yeah, let's move on quickly. Uh, another quick thing is uh, in regards to the remake of The Crow. We haven't really talked about this much because there hasn't been a whole lot of news well, we did about mention it. that Mark Wahlberg was up for it a while ago. Yeah, that Mark Wahlberg was uh, was up for it, but at the time that was, was um, no, it was Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. But at the time that was uh, still uh, a Stephen Norrington Stephen Stephen Norrington project. Uh, whereas uh, now it's being directed by Juan Carlos uh, Fresnadillo, who directed uh, 28 Weeks Later. Mm-hmm. And now Bradley Cooper is in serious negotiations to take over the role of the crow. Uh, apparently the director has already met with Cooper. They talked about it in Spain. Cooper went to see him in Spain, uh, talked about the vision, and uh, and apparently it looks like it might happen. It could be a lock. It, it could be a lock. And that's, again, it's one of those things like, I don't, I don't really have a problem with the actor. It's and for me especially like you know like uh, I was exactly he would look cool in the makeup he would I don't know I mean to me no no one looks as good as Brandon Lee no one looks as good as Brandon Lee I mean this is just the wrong movie to remake you know it just it still feels too soon yeah you know it feels like just yesterday that you know that it happened man and I was really emotional about that shit I don't want to see faces the crow. We're not going to see faces face anytime soon. Limitless is out this weekend as well Hmm? Limitless is out here this weekend as well Mm want to go see that I've heard really good things uh, but yeah, I just thought that just thought that was something interesting to touch on. Yeah, and the casting notes as well. There've been the first few pictures of Josh Brolin on um, Men in Black Three. Men in Black Three. Did you see these pics? Uh, no, I, I saw one of the pics. This is a picture of Josh Brolin as the young Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Because now, 
the second one I'll put links up to these ones the second one he does look like Tommy Lee Jones yeah there. yeah yeah he does he does but he's holding a small invisible ice cream <laughs> he's like is yours this big yeah. <laughs> he also looks a bit like Ronald Reagan from the 80s cafe in Back to the Future 2 a little bit and he also looks a little bit like George Bush yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's just all the presidents rolled into one yeah <laughs> except Clinton nobody can play Clinton except Dennis Quinn he doesn't really look like uh, and Phil Hartman Phil Hartman <laughs> He doesn't really look like uh, Jimmy Carter. No, not really. But they look like they're having a laugh. Doesn't, look, I didn't, I doesn't, didn't get, doesn't really look like Richard Nixon either. I didn't get a chance to look at the full story, but there was something about them like shooting with only half a script. Uh, yeah, the, well, there was a lot of problems uh, with this. It's been delayed yeah. uh, a couple of times because apparently like, the whole thing was, was that the film got greenlit with half a script, yeah. and uh, it was supposed to have been completed by a certain time, but then they missed that deadline or whatever, and then David Coeb was uh, brought in to uh, fix the script, because this particular script, I mean, okay, it's got Josh Brolin as a young Tommy Lee Jones, so there's going to be the whole time travel aspect to it. And oh, I did open it. Um, sorry, it was start shooting next week, but there's a wrinkle. The production has hired frequent Steven Spielberg and Brett Ratner collaborator Jeff Nathanson to rewrite polish on one section of the script. So. Oh really, Jeff Nathanson? They brought him in? No, I thought I thought they brought uh, David Coe up in. No, apparently. Huh, that's interesting. Well, maybe maybe uh, David Coe was brought in to do a polish, and now Jeff Nathanson is being brought in to polish uh, David Coe's polish. That's a lot of polish. <laughs> that's a lot of polishing. It's gonna be a well-polished doorknob. Well, it is Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there was a lot of um, apparently the uh, the latest draft of the script. There was a lot of uh, holes in the plot due to uh, tying up the whole time travel aspect of it. Yeah, uh, making making the whole time travel element of it work. You know, no one's <laughs> time travel is that that really weird thing. Aside from Back to the Future and Somewhere in Time. <laughs> yes, I did say that movie. Uh, no, time travel has always been a very iffy thing. If you want to try and get it right, you know, I mean, you could go the hot tub. You know, yeah. that seems to be the only other way to buy into it. But or else go but, obsessively detailed yeah, and have everything. But when you're going to go serious about it, then for some strange reason, audience pers audiences have a very different way of looking at time travel movies. They're a lot more critical. Mm. You know, if it's something like Hot Tub Time Machine, they don't care so much. But if it's, if it's something that they're going to well, so take really can, seriously. You've got plot holes you can drive a DeLorean through a lot of the time. Unless you think about it really cleverly. You can't just throw one out there. That's true. Uh, speaking of uh, plot holes you can drive a DeLorean through and things, something that you just want to throw out there. There's a new site that's devoted to sending filmmaker M. Night Shyamalan back to film school. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me just read this to you guys. This is looks like such a douche in the This picture. is just funny as fuck. Listen to this. A new site is dedicated to crowdsourcing funds to send Razzie-winning filmmaker M. Night Shyamalan back to film school. <laughs> M. Night School says... If we all donate just one dollar, we can send M. Knight back to NYU so he can get the help we all so desperately need. <laughs> Let's make it happen so we can get him enrolled before he starts principal photography on, a th on 1000 AE, which is the film that he's going to be making with Will Smith and Jaden Smith. Uh. <laughs> the site says that if they raise the funds but, Sh but Shalaman refuses their check, then they'll start a scholarship in his name instead and send the next Tarantino to NYU. <laughs> Do you know Tarantino worked on the script for It's Pat? No, I did not know that. No, Crack.com had a list of seven things you didn't know about movies. I, one of, a lot of them were already in there. I think one It's the, Pat. That's the Julia Sweeney movie, isn't from it? From SNL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah where it's, it, Tarantino was involved. In that was, and that was the, 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 the beginning of the list. They did have like, George Miller, you know, the guy who made Mad Max made um, Bay Pig in the City and um, had a pic quite nice picture of... Um, He's the guy who plays the farmer. Uh, James Cromwell. James Cromwell's face on Humongous's body, which was like a little <laughs> pig, which is pretty badass. But um, yeah, that was one that just blew me out of the water. We've already talked about M.I. Chiam and worked on Stuart Little. I didn't know that at all. 
Mm-hmm. No, M. Night Shyamalan, he actually uh, it was mainly like sort of kid stuff that he did before um, he broke out with The Sixth Sense. Yeah. Uh, but I just thought that was fucking funny. Is that, <laughs> is that there's some people out there that are like, let's send him back to film school. <laughs> I haven't heard any more on the crowdsourcing for the RoboCop statue, so hopefully that's still going ahead. Well, if, didn't they get the money at the they end? They got the money, yeah. They got the money. Well, I, I would imagine it takes a little while to build a RoboCop statue. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, know, you can't just like pull one out Did of Did you see the funnier or die <laughs> clip with um, Peter Weller talking about the yeah, statue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It's genius. <laughs> Peter Weller. He's clearly loosened up a bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember one since he point, went to art school. I remember at one point he had this reputation of just being such a hard ass, uh, like when, when like really it's a real stickler. Um, in the uh, retrospective documentary for Robocop, uh, they were talking to Miguel F- M- Miguel Ferrer and uh, Miguel Ferrer, uh, who also is George Clooney's cousin. Oh yeah. Yeah, that must suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was like saying that. Uh, everyone used to make fun of Peter Weller because he would insist that they all call him Murphy. He would stay in character the whole time. It's like, man, are you serious? What a fucking wanker. <laughs> he also sweated half his body weight on that thing, so he had to mind some props. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, he was awesome. He was awesome. There was some fucking report I read somewhere that for the remake of Robocop, they were thinking of either Tom Cruise or Keanu Reeves or someone else for for Murphy. I'm like, you insane? Keanu Reeves can pull it off. He's kind of like a robot already. My body does. <laughs> <laughs> This is your fucking wake-up call, man. <laughs> I am an FBI agent. It's gonna get old real fast. It's gonna get old really fast. <laughs> Have you heard that Liam Neeson has pulled a, a, a um, Mel Gibson on The Hangover? Yep, yep. So Mel, Liam Neeson went in to take over from Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson, and now Nick Casavetes, yeah, yeah, is taking over. Who most people won't know. No, yeah, no, but but then again. Uh, I'd rather not know. I mean, you know, why do why are people so hell bent on giving away cameos yeah. these days? You know, it's like the movie's not even out yet, and you know, and we already know who this person's replacement is. It's like what yeah. the fuck. <laughs> uh, That's a shame though, because uh, Liam Neeson would have been a fun cameo. Yeah. Mel Gibson would have been the, a better cameo, actually. You know, I mean, like I would have. Well, it was it was down to the editing, so they did say that they've taken out Liam Neeson because they've cut out some scenes that lead up to his thing. So right, right, right. Maybe did they even shoot? Did they shoot? Mel Gibson was on set, or was it just the idea of it on set was enough to get them to, to say think, we don't I want? I think it was the idea. I'm not too sure. Yeah. I don't think he was ever. Because hopefully in the editing we'll just get him in there. <laughs> just <laughs> be in the printing, <laughs> shouting at a cop, <laughs> like throwing stuff. You time, motherfuckers! <laughs> Throwing stuff at Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> I knew it was you. Stop it! Stop it, Mel! Stop it! Stop hitting me! Stop hitting me! What are you doing that for? <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> I need help. Uh, must hurt people smaller than myself. Dish dish dish. Okay, something that I have to talk about because this is—I just still can't get over this shit. Um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's latest project. Um, <laughs> It's an animated series called The Governator. Have you seen the trailer for this piece of shit? I was watching it and it was taking a bit long to load. Um, it's like, no, no, you must watch this trailer. I it just said, I've been successful, a bodybuilder, says the governor, and then it stops. This, is, this is insane. The, he, okay, our, uh, the, this is a story about Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> He's not even playing like a different character. He's playing himself, retiring from, from uh, uh, stepping down as governor. And taking up. And deciding to be a crime fighter. <laughs> it is... <laughs> and it's using everything of his life, like apparently like Maria Shriver is in it, um, his, his fucking kids are in it. Um, I saw the bit, there's a bit in the trailer with Larry King in it. Yeah, yeah, Larry King's got a little like, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it, 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 it you know, it, it's, it's his life. And uh, he's teamed up with Stan Lee, Stan, 
Stanley's. Purveyor of fine quality products. <laughs> Stanley's. Who also the... came up with Stripperella. And, I know, uh, I know. It's trying to hawk is the traveler comic at the moment. I know, I know. Fuck, what are you doing, man? Look at his look at his face. He's lost it. No, that's, that's an old <laughs> he's, a, he's a senile old fucker. <laughs> he's lost his fucking mind. <laughs> but he needs a new pair of shoes. The cartoon, um, I was just um, his looking. His dog is in it. His fucking dog is in it. <laughs> his, his, man his mansion, his, uh, his, his mansion in Brentwood. Is, it's his uh, actual mansion. It's his actual mansion. You know, all People are going to be using that like, all right, we're going to rob Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let's just watch the cartoon for a bit. And it, then we'll break in. It's insane. And uh, it's ah! <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Gavin is looking through Entertainment Weekly, and there's a picture of him smiling like a dumbass. <laughs> and there's a picture of him smiling like an even bigger dumbass. It's not a tumor. <laughs> it's not a comedy. It's not a comedy. <laughs> I'm totally serious. It's for kids. <laughs> oh, we're making a cartoon. I thought we were doing this. The cartoon won't be arriving on TV till the end of 2012. Uh, the channel hasn't been determined yet. And uh, the comic book, which is going to be published by Archie Comics. <laughs> it, um, yeah, they are still going. They are still putting out Archie Comics. They and apparently they're quite good. They're still going. It's like, uh, and um, there's going to be a superhero game. If it does well, there's going to be a 3D animated movie with the possibility of a 3D live action movie. There's not going to be a 3D animated movie. <laughs> You don't know, man. This is the, the, people are stupid. The world is at such a fucking state right now that this could go through the roof. <laughs> you don't know. Charlie Sheen is playing to sold-out crowds. That's true. You know, I mean, stranger things have happened, and you know, I mean, people just might see Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, like uh, Stan Lee. Although, you know, ha having said that, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be. You know, kind of hard to see if anyone in California is going to want to watch it because when he left, uh, he uh, the California, uh, uh, the citizens of California gave him a 23% approval rating. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he's at the end of his second term, so he couldn't people do it people weren't exactly too too happy about yeah. about what he had done. But um, apparently, it's like uh, he, he's explaining himself here. When I ran for governor back in 2003, good and voice. When I ran for governor back in 2003 and started hearing people talking about the governor. I thought the word was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> the word govern the word governor combined two worlds: the world of politics and the movie world, <laughs> and the car and the cartoon. And the world of insanity. And the cartoon brings everything together. It combines the governor, the Terminator, the bodybuilding world, the true lies. Also, I love the idea of a control center below my house <laughs> with, a path, with a path so that boats and submarines can go right into the ocean. In the cartoon, my house is much closer to the beach than where we live, but you know, it's a cartoon. <laughs> this is my favorite bit. This is my favorite bit. Okay, listen, I'm quoting you. Along with a subterranean man cave, Arnold the cartoon character will have an array of super suits. One that makes him invisible, another that turns him into a submarine. A fleet... <laughs> it's not just like he can swim underwater, he actually he turns, turns into a trident submarine. Which proves all along that he is a fucking robot. <laughs> a fleet of Earth-friendly super vehicles. <laughs> the Priuses, he's got a fleet of Priuses. It's not forget to the flying Prius. And this is the best. Nifty gadgets like a throat spray that lets him speak any language. Instead of that dumb accent. <laughs> And a trusty wait, <laughs> and a trusty crew of colorful assistants, including Maximilian Cool, Cool, a Hollywood makeup artist who helps the governor with his disguises, and Zeke Muckerberg, a precocious 13-year-old cybersecurity expert. Zuckerberg. Zucker Muckerberg. Muckerberg. <laughs> there will also be a recurrent. Okay, this is the. the oh, okay, listen to this. That Mark Zuckerberg's pretty big in IT. Maybe we can use that somehow. 
There will also be a recurring bad guys. In one early version of the Bible, there was a reference to a whole spectral-like organization of thugs called, wait for it, gangsters, imposters, racketeers, liars, and irredeemable ex-cons. Or also known as girly men for short. <laughs> You're shitting me. Put it all together, it spells girly. <laughs> Stanley interjected saying, the villains still need to be worked on. <laughs> Stan's Stan lost it, but he ain't lost it that much. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Arnold um, has owned the trademark to the name The Governor since 2004. Yeah, he actually sued a company for they were selling Governor beer, or yeah. he told them to knock it off. Yep. <laughs> so now you know what happens when the Terminator, the creator of Spider-Man, and the producer of the Care Bears gets together. <laughs> <laughs> the producer of the Care Bears. Well, isn't it Andy Andy Way Andy Wayhard? He produced the Care Bears, Strawberry Shortcake, Inspector Gadget, Elvin and the Chipmunks, the Super Mario Brothers, Super Show. Another fine purveyor of quality product. <laughs> oh Super Mario. God. The Super Mario, Mario side of the show was the, was the shiznit. <laughs> Although. <laughs> although, although having said that, there are two other projects that do sound interesting that I hope to God he gets this off the ground ah, first. Yes, and uh, this would be The Last Stand, in which he would replace Liam Neeson, and it would be the, uh, the English language debut of Korean director Kim, uh, Kim, Kim, Kim Ji-Woon, uh, the director of uh, Tale of Two Sisters, and um, I Saw the Devil. Um, that's not the guy who directed the host, right? I get all those. No, 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 no. That's not the guy who directed the host. And another film is the tomb, which would, in which he would play a prison designer who is locked up inside one of his own high-tech designs. Uh, Isn't and that would, ironic? And that would be directed by Anton Fuqua, who directed uh, Training Day. <laughs> the Last Stand is about a small-town lawman hunting down a Mexican drug kingpin. Hmm. I'm a small-town lawman. <laughs> I'm from Wisconsin. <laughs> you should not drink and bake. <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned Charlie Sheen there. I think we, we still have to rubberneck at the car crash that is Charlie Sheen. He seems to be going night on drugs, night off drugs. Yeah. yeah it seems yeah. to be uh, Detroit. The initial Detroit was the initial uh, violent torpedo of truth. What's, what's the other part of the name? It's torpedo of truth. I don't know. I lost interest in this ages. Defeat is not an option. <laughs> or no, it's like he goes one night. It's shit. The following night, he seems to be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. winning standing ovations. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I was seeing something. Um, on some, on I think it was E, where they were showing that like one night he was just being booed, and then in New York, and he was shouting back at the crowds to say, "I've already got your money." <laughs> <laughs> Way to win him over, Chuck. <laughs> oh man, uh, ridiculous. He, yeah, so I, he also he's into one thing. The Entertainment Weekly, uh, Entertainment Weekly's website said his pop references are weirdly stuck in time. He kept referring to two of his movies, Platoon and Wall Street, as if they had been made about three years ago. Indeed, his whole flaunt my money thing seems to come right out of the latter film. He's still stuck in that A's idea of conspicuous consumption as a class and telling a story about a pleasure jaunt he took with his buddy Nicolas Cage to the O'Farrell Theatre in San Francisco. He did an impersonation of Cage that hinged on what he called those great Cage gestures from Raising Arizona. Yes, the story took place 20 years ago, but he didn't <laughs> seem to have any awareness that the words Nicolas Cage do not today make anyone think of Raising Arizona. <laughs> what? Actually, what does Nicolas Cage's name make you think of up now? It makes me want to take his... Not the bees! <laughs> off! <laughs> Not the bees! Not the bees! Oh my god, they're in my eyes! You can feel it in my eyes! Not the bees! <laughs> or... Was it shoot him? Soul still dancing. Oh no no, it's that one of the video where they have all his freaks yeah. together and he's running. Is it is a vampire's kiss where he's running through the screen? I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire. And 
then there's Deadfall where he's like, uh, yeah, he talks really weird. I'm not, uh, That's really fucking disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> not the beast. <laughs> oh fuck! Arnold should do a movie with Nicolas Cage. Should have a fucking animated TV show. Yeah, just not, not, not his, just not, not, any, not, not any setup. Just it's Nicolas Cage. It's the Nicolas Cage <laughs> show. Just in. <laughs> Oh god! Like it, South Park. Stan Lee needs to team up with Nicolas Cage yeah. <laughs> for the HBO special Cage Match. Oh god! Uh, I came across this uh, this movie. Uh, it's a plot summary for a movie, and I uh, found out a little bit about it. I ha you have to listen to this plot summary. It's a movie called Sushi Girl. Have you heard of it? No. Is this out? It's it, no. It's being. It's in. They're shooting it now. Uh -huh. Okay, listen to this. This is, this, this is Tales from the Obscure. This is the synopsis. Fish has spent, that's the character's name, Fish has spent six years in jail, six years alone, six years keeping his mouth shut about the robbery, about the other men involved. The night he is released, the four men he protected with silence celebrate his freedom with a congratulatory dinner. The meal is a lavish array of sushi, served off the naked body of a beautiful young woman. The sushi girl seems catatonic, trained to ignore everything in the room, even if things become dangerous. And sure enough, the four unwieldy thieves can't help but open old wounds in an attempt to find their missing loot. <laughs> this is a, uh, an exploitation-style film. Oh, excellent. And um, the, it has the cast that is... It's an amazing cast. It's Danny Trejo, Mark Hamill, Michael Bean, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Fahey, James Duvall, James Duvall, and Tony Todd. And Sonny Chiba. Holy shit! And Noah Hathaway. Do you know who Noah Hathaway is? He's the guy from the Neverending yeah, Story. Because his IMDb picture is him holding the horse. What's the horse's name? Oh. Pop quiz, hotshot. Can't remember. Abraxas. <laughs> you can't remember either. Ah, so. Fuck you! Ah. <laughs> Thought you would. Fuck it. But um, we should rehearse. I don't know. It's it. This just looks. It's such an amazing. Who's directing? Uh, it's directed by um, Kern Saxton. Um, with uh, makeup effects by this guy Vincent something, but he he did like the makeup for uh, Requiem for a Dream uh, and for um, uh, Virus and um, uh, fucking some some crazy ass shit. But uh, Mark Hamill apparently the character that he's playing. That's an awesome poster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great poster, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Mark Hamill. Uh, this is a quote from Mark Hamill on uh, on a recent interview about what attracted him to the role. And it's like, well, it was a screenplay that frightened me. It pushed me out of my comfort zone. I never get offered character parts, <laughs> except on stage and in animation. <laughs> you actually referenced yeah. it. So that's why I liked it. It was because I'd never done anything see my like face. this before. Yeah. And then uh, talking about his character, who's called Crow, Mark Hamill says, and I quote, he's a sociopath, a sexual sadist. He's a mess. He's someone who enjoys torture, but a good Andrew Lloyd Webber musical too. He's a very paradoxical fellow. I much prefer the audience to try and figure him out rather than just tell you everything about him. He's playing the trickster from JLA Unlimited. <laughs> I find some human behavior a lot scarier than the supernatural. At least the monsters of the supernatural variety. You can just you can just imagine him just going off and into his own world. Yeah, yeah. At least the monsters of the supernatural variety have some sort of dignity in class. Mark. 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 <laughs> Come back to us, Mark. Mark. Don't go into the light, Mark. <laughs> oh god. Um, we've been ragging on Priest for a bit because it just looks like um, part two. But how uh, awesome does that movie sound? Oh, it sounds great. It sounds yeah. awesome. I mean, I'm sold. When's, it's coming out in 2011, but that's no, no indication when. No, they're not too sure when it's going to be coming out just yet. Okay. Um, but, you know, we've been ragging on Priest a bit because it looks like... What was it called? Legion. 
Legion Part 2. Yep. <laughs> um, they have had some cool stuff this week. Uh, during the week, they had, you know, Jendi Tartakovsky. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He uh, animated the Clone Wars cartoon, the mm-hmm. first Clone Wars cartoon, not the 3D weird thing. Yeah. Um, he also worked on Samurai Jack. Dex- I'll always love him from Dexter's, Dexter's Laboratory because that was the wackiest fucking show ever. That was crazy. Love that. I love the fact that he's a giant robot under his house and the house just tilts over with his family in it when it launches. <laughs> but he did a little animated thing for a preview to set up the world of priests. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, this is really simple. Maggie Q doing a little face to camera voice uh, introduction. So, this is setting up the world. It's like there's always been men, there's always been vampires, and they've always fought, and then there was a war. And it's very usual, Jenny Tarkovsky style, very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sets up the world nicely, and they've also, again, they must be on a blitz. They've released a new trailer, which makes things look a lot cooler than they were before. I didn't see it, but I heard that, uh, that this trailer was um, very action heavy yes it's not really a trailer it's more actually a collection of it, 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 it's a, it's a, it is a trailer but it's got like more a clip feel about it there's a big clip in the beginning yep. in the middle which is you've seen the bits in the trailer where he opens the book and the, the crosses fly out mm-hmm. it shows the beginning of that and he's walking around with a vampire and he's reading from the good book and then he they don't flip out he throws them up uh-huh. and as they're what they don't show in the previous trailers is as they are falling mm-hmm. he catches them in order and throws them which looks badass so he's like throwing the whole thing in the air and then he catches th- two of them, throw them. And this sets us up that the priests are like, there was a war between the vampires and the humans when the resources got a bit scarce and the humans created these class of warriors called priests. Right. And the priests were the ultimate badasses and they were all about the matrix moves and all that kind of stuff. And they turned the tide and then they put all the vampires, instead of wiping them out, I don't know why they didn't wipe them out, they better explain this in the movie, they put them on reservations. Oh, right. So they've had them on reservations. <laughs> Humanity is in their cities that are hidden behind walls and stuff like that. And the priests are no longer needed. And it ends. The, the animated thing ends with this lone priest shoveling coal somewhere. Obviously, just you know, they've all been broken up or killed down or whatever like that. And so now, from showing the trailers, obviously, you know, he thinks his vamps coming, and this makes this trailer makes it look like vamps are coming. But it does look a lot more actiony, a lot more just showing the fight and showing the fight well. It's not born style. It's not bad born as in right, right. someone too close and stuff. You see, you see the cool shit happening. And it's uh, the, the the clips were long enough for you to see them shot in a cool way. The main that that, that from the shuriken throwing, there's about a minute, of, about thirty seconds to forty to a minute of that scene. So right. as him leading that scene and uh, fighting in that scene, and then being tackled by vampires and throwing them off and stuff. And it's that ends with the, that actually ends with the other clip, which is in the trailer, the first trailer, which is where he's jumping up with the vampire jumping towards him. He's got the knife, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it shows him finishing him. So that's like an early fight in the, in the movie. Right. Okay. Cool. So that does actually look. I'm I'm now more interested in this movie. When does it come out? No idea. <laughs> I know it's a May release. I just can't remember like uh, when exactly. Well, it comes out in May. Then. All right then. Sometimes in between the beginning and, and the end of May. Oh, May. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Jared Deadla- uh, Deadpool has a director. Yeah, Tim Miller. He's yeah. a, for- a special effects guy for X Men, X Two, Daredevil, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Hey. <laughs> So he's done a lot of. So he's familiar with comic books then. Yes. <laughs> Every single film's fucking comic book movie. So yeah, he, he's been confirmed for that. And just last week, apparently, uh, Ryan Reynolds said he's expressed he wants to go back to Deadpool, but said there are many unknowns in regards to the film, mostly around sequels to Green Lantern and everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. His. Uh his roster seems to be pretty damn full. Yeah, he's, he's almost as busy as Guillermo del Toro. Uh, another um, uh, interesting, like, uh, director comic book related news is that uh, the uh, director of the movie we're going to be reviewing, mm-hmm. uh, Duncan Jones. Yeah. Did you hear about this? No. Uh, that uh, 20th Century Fox has uh, approached him t- to uh, take over Darren Aronofsky in the director's chair of Wolverine. You're shitting me. Uh, no, no. I mean, uh, at the moment, it's 
it's not it it it, it was confirmed by Duncan Jones at the uh, press junket for uh, Source Code. Duncan Jones did confirm that uh, he has been approached approached to uh, take it over, but it doesn't seem like he's very interested in taking it over because he's got other projects that he wants to work on. Fuck. But um, that even even if he doesn't take the job, it's still nice to know that Fox are going to interesting directors, mm. you know, um, because, because I mean, that's an empty, those are, em those are big shoes to fill. Yeah. You know, like uh, when you had... Because he, he had to fill the shoes of that other guy, who was it? I've forgotten already. Gavin Hood. Darren Aronofsky I was mentioning, it was a joke about how oh, oh, right, happily right. see oh, oh, right, 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 Duncan right. Jones do it. <laughs> Gavin Hood? Yeah. <laughs> I was Gavin, gonna, Gavin I, who? I was going to say, you know, it's hard to um, replace, a, you know, you had, you had an Oscar-nominated director. Yeah. Uh, but then again, Gavin Hood was a, you know, he, he, he won an Oscar for his film. So They've got two lists. You know, They're working yeah. off two lists. Like, well, you know. What did Gavin Hood win his Oscar for? Hmm? For, uh, for uh, Stotzi? Stotzi? Stotzi, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you see that? No. No, I didn't either. It must have been better than Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was interesting. It was interesting that uh, an, it was a very. I was, I was pleasantly surprised that they were offering it to a, an interesting director. Yeah. Yeah. You exactly. That's, that's I'm not, I'm not exactly true. sure if I think that Duncan Jones is the, is the guy to do it. No. But he's definitely a very fascinating choice. I would be very interested to see his take. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, some more casting news. Uh, we talked about the Three Stooges movie, so this has been moved move ahead. Um, Sean Hayes has now been cast as Larry. Uh, Sean Hayes is the guy who played Jack McFarlane in Will and Grace, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. flamboyant yep, gay yep, friend. Yep. Which is interesting. <coughs> he's a funny guy. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's joining Will Sasso, who's also been confirmed, uh, who is playing. Fuck. Uh, Curly. And he does look like Curly. Yeah. He looks totally like Curly. So I didn't realize he's, he, he was, he's been in uh, the Cleveland show, Children's Hospital, Shit My Dad Says. And he also played Bill in the US version of Spaced. Oh. Who the fuck's Bill? Who the fuck's Bill? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, who the, there's no Bill in Spaced. Actually, sp speaking of Spaced, uh, there was, I was watching um, Cougar Town mm -hmm. uh, not, uh, a few, uh, about a couple of weeks ago. That's been like, apparently they gave up the main kind of, the main thrust of it originally was slightly different to what it is now and they just kind of embraced the kooky characters they have. And it's yeah, yeah. Well. The, the kooky characters are actually quite a lot of fun and uh, it, it's, uh, the, the, it was an episode that seemed to be take, it was like, a, a, the whole episode was kind of a, a weird homage to Usual Suspects uh -huh. and the way it was done was kind of spaced-like and mm -hmm. then at the end, uh, they they ended the episode with this um, with a fake shootout, uh, shootout with yeah. a fake shootout, and just as um, just as the the, the show is coming to an end, the, the the Courtney Cox's son's character takes ketchup and sprays it over the uh, over the fridge, and just as he's falling down, he goes, "Oh, I love space." Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and then the episode ends. I was I was wa I was watching. I was just kudos for referencing <laughs> and for actually saying we're ripping this off something that no one in America has actually seen. But uh, I gotta start watching Cougar Town. I'm a fan of Cougar Town <laughs> because it's like you know that's awesome, and it was it was this weird thing where it didn't. It was this moment where it didn't register. It's like I love space, and then I was just thinking that was a weird space that Oh shit! He <laughs> <laughs> <It> just <laughs> awesome. We're gonna look it up on YouTube. That's brilliant. Uh, that was pretty funny. <laughs> Again, we'll just have a TV quickly. But um, you haven't seen any Community, have you? No, I haven't seen. I've started watching that recently. They are only 20 minutes long, mm -hmm. um, but you, they are. I heard they were, it started off quite slow, but it's, I'm loving it. Chevy Chase is in it. Um, it's a community college, mm -hmm. and they just all these 
it starts with the dean talking about you know all the, the people that they usually you know community college is not just about you know uh, people being sent back here for re you know from the for the law and it shows one character and like people who've wasted their lives and shows another character you know what I mean they do that the cutting back and forth between all the losers who you expect to see at community college mm -hmm. and that's all them and uh, their movie references and stuff are very clever and very sharp it's almost it, it, it's Family Guy length but they're Family Guy level of quality as well they're constantly referencing movies mm -hmm. um, I can't remember what did Abed say he said I used to think you were like it used to be like somebody in his movies, but now I think you're more like Michael Douglas in all his movies because it was like a bad thing. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other last bit of news then? Yep. Um, apparently, there was news that they're making a Jeff Buckley biopic and they have a director or something. I can't remember, they saw the director news today, but I didn't see who it was, but I'm just like, leave it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it needs to be. It doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. need you? Don't need anything. I mean, did they say who the director is? I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, Phil for a bit. I don't know. I'm not. I can't say that I'm really interested in seeing a biopic of Jeff Buckley. I'd much rather just see like a concert DVD or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not you something know? where that intro. I, 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 it's. I mean, he he was snuffed out so early in his career that it's 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 kind of like it's a it's a sick cow. Yeah. I wouldn't want nothing. I'd say you got to have just a little bit more life uh, to document. <laughs> Because it was just the one album, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, there was songs for my sweetheart, the drummers, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the outtakes and stuff like that. But but that's not quite the same thing. No. Yeah. Anyway, who gives a shit? Yeah. Don't, don't do it. I don't give a shit. Don't hopefully, do it. Hopefully it'll die in Velton Hell. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Emails. Emails. I'm totally ripped off another podcast. I need to stop doing that. Um, we've two emails this week. First email. Oh, yeah. oh, is that a rip off from another? Yeah. This guy says <laughs> he's got a great voice. Like, email. Um, Hello Ian and Gav, why is there an expiration date on sour cream? Thank you for taking the time to read and answer this from Sulky. Because it's sour. Yeah, and there's an expiration date. It's already date. going bad. It's going worse. It's already bad, it's just going to get worse. That's if, you leave, if you leave it long <laughs> enough it turns into fresh cream and you don't want your Doritos covered in fresh cream. Hope that answers your question Sulky. <laughs> Again, email us in, podcast.getprice.com, see if you can raise the bar. <laughs> Second email says, Hi, read the Bradley Coopers and talks to star in the remake of the 1994 film The Crow, as we discussed earlier. Who would be your choice to play Eric Draven and why? Okay, got to go, need a coffee or mercy killing, maybe both. From Illy. Um, I don't think you can. I don't think you can get anyone to play Eric Draven. Not Eric Draven. No, that's that is one character where, for some strange reason, I just can't even think of anyone no. else. It's such. It's a role. It's just completely. It's like yeah, you know, and also just uh, even if it, it's not even one of those cases where you can say, well, Brandon Lee didn't really look that much like the comic. He did. Yeah. And so it really was the perfect, perfect person. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I. It's just not something I can think about. No. No. We'd rather no one play Eric Draven. Eric Draven, anyway. I'd rather there be no more Crow movies. Yeah, well, that, that too. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I mean, the one, the, the one person that um, that did play, um, that actually played him in the Crow TV series, Mark Dacascos, probably has like a, a good look. Was that? Did he it, play Eric Draven? Or yeah, he, he played. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think it was Eric Draven. I never actually watched it. Cause, no, was, yeah. that, was that the Crow Stare to Heaven? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, th I think it was the character of Eric. Which Draven. is the one who played a motor a, me a me mechanic. That was one of the movies. Was that City of Angels? That could have been City of Angels. That was the one where Sarah came back into it, right? No, that, uh, okay, if it was the one where Sarah comes back into it, then it's the third one. Yeah, which probably been the one with the mechanic. No, City of Angels is the second one. Mm, that was the Vincent Perez one. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. One. I can't remember. I, don't, I have no idea who played played him in the third one. Some guy. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Some guy. 
Ergnus Borgnine. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see Ergnus Borgnine play Eric Draven. Especially after, the, after ref, seeing him in red. <laughs> I guess, like, if you're gonna do a Crow movie, the only way that I can kind of buy it is if you just go a totally different... New direction. Totally different route. If you're gonna do, like, a reboot or a remake, then I'm just not particularly interested. I think people said that when the second movie and the third movie and the TV movie came out. Eric Draven did all cool, that. It'd be cool if you could do, like, the Crow, where he's, like, an old guy, and, and it's, like, a Western, almost. Like, get Scott Glenn or Sam Elliott. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reckoning coming in the city of Los Angeles. Vin Diesel. <laughs> Jesus, no. Can't rain all the time. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it, it would work. The thing is, they can't do the face paint. I mean, that's the thing. The, the, the face paint and the look was all very much about Eric Draven and yeah. stuff. Whereas yeah. they have to do with the crow. People bring you back into taking new influences, and that gets hard. Yeah. That's hard to do. Yeah, it's very hard to do. Did they even do that in the comic? Did like because were in the comic it was other people, right? As well yeah, as yeah. In the comic, did the other people do the face paint? Um, different variations, you know. I mean, it was, the, the foundation of it was there, but the white foundation. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> no, but the foundation of the look was uh, not goth. Yeah, it was very goth. Yeah. They were all goth. Well, they had, this, they this, only, this only happens. This only happens to goth people. When you die, you become a goth. Regular, you know, well-adjusted people. You know, they don't come back from the dead. They don't have any issues. No, you know. <laughs> They don't cling on to the spirits of crows. <laughs> <laughs> Take me with you! <laughs> Alright, that's all for emails this week. Again, I already said the email address, so you got it. Reviews. Reviews. I'll just do a quick review of uh, Love and Other Drugs. Um, you think we're going to do a long review of Source Code? I, I don't see... I don't think it'll be too long. So, because it's one of the, it's one of those movies. Stretch this one out. <laughs> stretch this one out. Every time I say I'm not gonna be, it's not gonna be very long. It always ends up being half an hour. Anyway, yeah, that's so don't true. worry about it. Uh, Love and Other Drugs is the uh, latest film from the director uh, Edward Zwick, uh, which is this is a very interesting film um, for him because Edward Zwick is uh, he's become a director of epics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edward Zwick is the guy who directed Glory. He directed um, Blood Diamond. He directed uh, uh, The Last Samurai. Um, mm. Uh, but uh, early in his career, he did direct movies of a similar tone to this. He directed um, About Last Night, uh, which was uh, based on a David Mamet play, Sexual Perversity in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've always been... He did Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. Or he produced it. No, he produced it. Now, and I've always been an admirer of him. He's, uh, I, Glory is one of my all-time favorite movies. And um, this is a rare sort of... I wouldn't, it's more like a, it's like a romantic co- comedy drama. Um, and it takes place in the 90s. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal plays uh, Jamie, uh, who at the beginning of the movie when we see him, he's, uh, uh, he sells retail electronics. And uh, he's, he's just a complete, cold-hearted, charming bastard. Douchebag. He's a douchebag, yeah. And uh, he can just like get any chick that he wants. Uh, the very, you know, like when the, the first se- opening sequence of the movie, he's selling electronics, he gets fired because he's fucking the manager's girlfriend uh, <laughs> in, in, in the storeroom. <laughs> and uh, as he's getting kicked out, he's trying to get a number from another female customer uh, in the place. And, and, uh, and, and gets away with it. And, oh. I mean, he's, just, he's a charming rogue who just has trouble committing. He's never loved anyone in his uh-huh. life, right? And, uh, All surface, no and his brother, who's a complete social retard, uh, who is uh, this, 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 uh, basically this fat, disgusting, he's, he's just a retard. Who plays him? Uh, I can't remember his name, but I'll, 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 get, to that. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, he is now a millionaire because, uh, he, because of some computer, a computer company that he did that he sold it off and now he's a fucking millionaire. And he gets, um, he, uh, gets a, he convinces Jake Gyllenhaal's character to take, a, take on a job uh, doing 
doing as a salesman for a pharmaceutical company known as uh, Pfizer. Uh-huh. That's uh, a real company, by the way. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, this does um, sort of uh, have the whole Viagra backdrop. It, uh, it does play into it mm-hmm. a little bit. And as he's sort of hawking his pharmaceuticals at uh, this doctor's office, who his uh, who his uh, boss, played by Oliver Platt, who's always good value, yeah, tells him like, "You got to get this doctor. This once you get this doctor to get your to use your shit, it's it's uh, you know it's it's." You know, it's 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 easy home. street. It's easy street. It is. And now I knew a, a guy, a friend of mine, one of his friends from school, sold hip replacements and jo- replacement joints. Uh-huh. He bought himself a, bought himself a lordship because he could. He had mm-hmm. so much money, he didn't know what to. Do. He literally did not know what to do with it. He already had a Lamborghini. Right. So he bought himself a lordship. It's not inheritable, but it's you just bought one. And said fuck it. Everyone called me sir, bitch. It's like a dato ship, though. You can just buy a dato ship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the the doctor in this film is played by Hank Azaria. So it's got a it's got a really strong really good, cast. very strong cast, and um, as he's hawking this shit, uh, he meets Anne Hathaway's character, whose name is Maggie, uh-huh. and uh, she is suffering suffering from uh, early Parkinson's. Ooh. So so from that point on, already you know that it's you can kind of guess the direction that, that it's going to go in, uh, and she is just like him. All she's really interested in is um, having someone that she can fuck. And uh, it works great for him, because that's all he wants as well. And it just so happens that these two have amazing sexual chemistry. One thing that is, um, is quite refreshing about this movie is that the, the, the fuck scenes in this movie are actual fuck scenes. They're not sex scenes. Like, oh. these guys fuck. <laughs> and it's pretty like, you know, you're just sort of sitting there like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're both dying on the inside. I need a sandwich. <laughs> you know? Because uh, uh, we've gotten a little... I think in mainstream Hollywood movies, we've gotten a little uh, shy with sex scenes. You, you don't really see like the two two people like going at really, it, really, really, like really sort of going at it. And um, when and in an interview, Anne Hathaway was saying that part of her research shows that a lot of like people who suffer from Parkinson's is like, um, you know, like orgasms is one of the ways to sort of, you know, like uh, get rid of the pain for a little while. Whoa! Uh, so she's quite. She's very. She's playing a very sexual character in this, and her she's performance. Happy. Her performance is actually very, very good. It's kind of weird. I keep. I have no memory now of the Princess Diaries. Yeah. You know, like uh, it just feels like Anne Hathaway's always been this cool. What was you know, like, she did at the wedding? Rachel's wedding. Is yeah, uh, Rachel getting married. Yeah. That was. Was it her or was it? That was her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she got uh, the Oscar nomination for yeah. that. And there was talk of an Oscar nomination for this as well, but she didn't get it. Although she did get nominated for uh, Love and Other Drugs, and so did, I mean, uh, for the Golden Globes, and uh, so did Jake Gyllenhaal. And uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, again, is also very good, and especially after watching uh, Source Code, again, you can see there's a nice real range yeah. uh, in, in, in the performance that he gives. He's not just the kid from Donnie Darko anymore. He's not just Bubble Boy. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or his uh, blistering performance as uh, Billy Crystal's son in City Slickers. Oh, God. <laughs> You should, have, you should have used his blistering report, uh, performance for Bubble Boy, really. Bubble Boy. <laughs> okay, you did October Sky as well. Yeah. You also did Prince of Persia. Uh, which, <laughs> which I bet he must be thanking God for source code now. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want that to be like your last film. Um, and uh, what's, I mean, what, what's nice about the film is that I mean, pretty much that's the story. They get together, she she just wants sex, he just wants sex, but you know that they're gonna fall in love, uh-huh. and of course they do. And it's and what's nice about it is that they fall in love earlier in the film than you think they're going to, and they both react to it in a, differently than how you think they're gonna react to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, But of course, the whole Parkinson's thing is going to play a major role as the film goes on. And I like the way that they handle that. It's not, it's not heavy-handed. 
Is it two um, assholes who've been getting away with it for so long, but then they hit real life? Pretty much. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty much it. And now, like I said, it's not heavy-handed. Um, it is a chick flick that guys can go see. Is uh, it schmaltzy? Doesn't come off as schmaltz. It doesn't come off as schmaltzy. I mean, it has its obligatory little bits where you know it's like okay, you, you know that you, you know that you need this little character beat. You know it's gonna you know it's gonna happen. But at least. At least, it, at least Edward's Wick doesn't beat you over the head of beat you over the head with it when it does happen. It actually has a nice sort of um, it. It feels like it gets there in its own time. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a nice date movie, and it manages to take uh, this the whole. I mean, it manages to that whole sort of Parkinson's angle doesn't bring it down. Okay. Doesn't bring it down. It, it gets you thinking about a lot of things. I liked it. I liked cool. It. Excellent. Yeah. Alright, I'll definitely give it a watch. Huh? I mean, although I do know that this movie has polarized a few people, reviews for this film, kind of, from what I've uh, been looking at, seem to be like you know, you 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 either you either love it or hate it. You either con- uh, connect with <laughs> it or you don't. And uh, it's movie marmite. It's movie marmite. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Cool. Moving on to the big release of last weekend, we've got Source Code. Source Code, which is the latest film from Duncan Jones, who directed Moon, which was a film that um, got great reviews, but uh, just couldn't find an audience. Yeah, well, it was a smaller thing. You see it? Yeah, You've seen Moon. Yeah, yeah I've seen Moon. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was actually on TV here recently as yeah. well. Yeah, uh, it's a great Sam Rockwell performance. Absolutely. I mean, it's when you realize that it's him all the time. Mm-hmm. That's when you like occasionally you forget. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, there are different characters in the film, but it's pretty much all played by him, and it's uh, just a testament to him. Yeah. But he's been. I mean, Sam Rockwell's. He's been like a scene stealer in every single film. He's yeah. Done. Yeah. Every single movie. I mean, like. He's dancing in Charlie's Angels. His character in the Green Mile. You know, just it's, fucking. His, his, uh, his, his dancing in Charlie's Angels is awesome. Just and so the music and everything. When he just and he's just like when he turns evil. Spoiler. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. Portray evil by dancing in an awesome suit and smoking in a very cool way. And his performance in uh, uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind as well was yeah. very good. It's very good. I like that movie. It doesn't get enough love, that movie. No, it doesn't. Uh, uh, and he, he played a red shirt in Galaxy Quest as well. He's like, I don't want to get out of the planet. I'm going to die. <laughs> and that's another thing that's cool about him is that he's done all kinds of stuff. He's yeah. done the serious stuff. He's done the quirky stuff. He's done the, the all-out comedies. He's, he's playing the barkeep in Cowboys vs. Aliens, right? Cowboys and Aliens. Is he? Is he the barkeep in that? I think, I think he's the barkeeper. He's one of those... John Favreau's talked about how they have all the stereotypes and he's one of them. I'm not sure 100% which one. Like Clancy Brown is the preacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure whether Olivia Wilde is a whore or like the landed the woman with money who you know, doesn't need to be a whore but you know, is caught in a tricky situation anyway. But I think he's the barkeep. Oh, wow. But uh, yeah, good guy. So yeah, I, I really... Um, I enjoyed this movie. I do have issues with it. Moon. No, no, uh, Source Code. Oh, yes. You know, the film where... Yeah, no, yeah. I was just wondering, you see me jump a bit there. I was like, what? Um, just to give you a quick taste, we can, we, I think we can talk about the first loop. Plot-wise, yeah. we can't talk about the plot. Yeah, 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 just tell them what they need to know. So, Jake Gyllenhaal wakes up on a train and slowly realizes he's, in fact, not Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, he's uh, Captain Calder Stevens, however, everyone thinks he's another guy. Um, Michelle Monaghan is opposite him. Mm-hmm. And he's like freaking the fuck out. Yes, because like, he, he doesn't recognize her. He doesn't recognize her. He doesn't know where he was. The last thing he remembers is flying a helicopter in Afghanistan, and now yeah. he's just like on his train. Yeah. Um, and then he gradually finds out that like he looks in the mirror, it's not his face, and he's trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yep. And then the train blows up. And then the train blows up. And then he wakes up in some weird, fucked up kind of uh, capsule. Capsule. And uh, there's. Um, a disembodied female voice calling out to him, who we later uh, discover is played mm. by uh, Vera Farmiga. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I got her confused with Ventifermiglia. <laughs> Milo. Is that her name? Well, no, no, not Milo Ventifermiglia. <laughs> the guy from Lost, uh, from Heroes. The girl from My Modern Family. Oh, no, no, yeah, I can't remember her name. Another one. It begins mean. with V and has yeah, a familiar yeah. in it. <laughs> well, no, this is, uh, this is not her. This is Vera Farmiga, who yeah. was uh, uh, the Oscar-nominated actress from Up in the Air. Oh, yes, yes, yes I've never seen that. Yeah. And um, it turns out that he is a volunteer. That he's a volunteer. Uh, he is in the source code. Yes, he is in the source code. He's in the source. No, I thought about this. Be very careful what you say. <laughs> he is in the source code, which allows him to relive... The last eight minutes of, of, some, a, of someone's life. Be, be, because of uh, McGuffin. Yes, and they are re they re he's reliving the eight minutes of these people because a bomb went off on the train and there's a pro possibly another bomb. Another bomb gonna go that's going to go off right in the middle of downtown Chicago, and uh, he has to find out. He has to find the bomb, find the bomber, so they can uh, stop the second big bomb from going off. Mm. And I think so. It, the source code. One of the things about this movie is like, I mean, the trailers, the original trailer. We talked about it. Yeah, and I think we can talk about that now. Is like the very clearly from the start all your time travel movie history yeah. and all your virtual world history is screaming out going all right where's this going yeah yeah what you know is it, is it i mean they, they clear up pretty quickly it's not time travel yeah it's not he's in yeah. a simulation he is yeah. in a simulation and i and i like that it's good because uh, the trailer did kind of give you that, that sort of thing like, where it's like well, is this a time travel movie it is not a time travel movie no and i was thinking many worlds theory and all that kind of crap as well and yeah, you know, yeah. That doesn't well this is a movie that um you know whether you like this film or not you are going to be walking out of the cinema talk oh. trying to talking about it talk you know like huh, kind of, huh it, yeah it is one of those movies that regardless of how you feel about it you do kind of walk out there like going so was it like was this so when he was doing that it was like that it, it is a movie that begs discussion yeah and that is uh, and it does explain itself as well as well. It, it doesn't, does, it, it doesn't, doesn't try. Itself. It doesn't try. It doesn't try a cheap twist. No, but it is definitely a film that uh, you know. If you want to make complete sense of it, you probably need to see it twice. Yeah, I've heard that. And I ha oh fuck. <laughs> Go on. I mean, I, I think I've got. I mean, I think I got a very good grasp of the film. But even even for me, I would say that uh, I wouldn't claim to be able to talk about this movie really, really in depthly until I see it again. Yeah, uh, because there's a lot of there's a lot of it. There, there's a lot of fucking information that, to take yeah. in in the film. And, so, uh, that, and I like the I like that. I like movies like that. I like the fact that it trusts its audience. It doesn't look down on its audience. Uh, that it actually does attempt to take its audience in you know like a to a different to a different place. You know, so you can really get intellectually invested in the film. Yeah, uh, a lot of thought has gone into into this film and. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. It, I don't think all of it works. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like as an as as an audience member, I appreciate what they're doing with it. I yeah. appreciate the effort put into the film, especially when you know uh, after watching films like Sucker Punch and uh, Battle Los Angeles, it's it's nice to have something that you can really chew on. Yeah. Fuck. Um, what, what, what are you looking for? <laughs> oh me, I'm not. I'm not looking for nothing. Um, there is. Uh, there's a, uh, fuck. Um, there is. I mean, there, there is. I mean, each time he goes back in, he sees a little bit more about um, things, and he understands a little bit more about what's going on. You know, he tries to find out what what what's going on and where yeah. it goes. And there's a lot of blind alleys and stuff like that. Yeah. But each and time he goes through, one of the things Jake Gyllenhaal is, is winning. Yes. He comes off as a winning personality. Even when he, once he gets over being lost, there is funny moments in the movie. There, there are some nice little funny moments, and there's a, a 
There's a, an, some interesting casting. Russell Peters is in this movie. That's one thing I was looking for. Which uh, as I knew, I was like, that's Russell Peters. Russell Peters, the stand-up comedian, is in this movie. And he's playing a stand-up comedian. Yes, <laughs> and, and, he, and he's pretty good. And he's pretty good. And that uh, is one of the one of the first funny bits in the film. Yeah. I was amazed, actually, um, watching it in the cinema, how many people knew that it was Russell Peters. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, people were, like, were people going, ah. No, yeah, like, people, like, uh, when his name came up in the credits, I heard murmurs, like, Russell Peters? And Russell Peters in the movie? Because Russell Peters is just not someone you expect to turn up in a movie like this. No, no. And, 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 and he's, like, he's, he's the guy who was on, like, what was, what's the movie? What's the TV show called? Last Com- He's the guy on Last Comic Standing who, like, we got the DUI. <laughs> What? He's, he's got, you know, that, that they, everyone's whispering. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things is the character he's inhabiting has been on, gets his train every day. Yes, so he yes. knows a lot of the people. Yes. And a lot of them know him and are like, what the fuck is going on with you today, man? Yeah. And that's a, that's a nice little thing too as well, seeing how Jake deals with that. But essentially, like as as he as he keeps going back to relive to relive this eight minutes, he's got to go back quite a few times to relive the eight minutes in order to. And find it's the really fucking. It's such a drag to have to live through the explosion. Yeah, the, he's got one he's shot. One <laughs> of the shots when, when when he's when he's tied down. Yeah. And the explosion comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. what's uh, Michelle Monaghan's Michelle, hair yeah. floats in the wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this, there's some really nice moments like that. Yeah. The different ways that they show the explosion. Uh, they, and it'll also teach you to never jump off a moving train. Yes, because that fuck shit will that, fuck you that, up. That looked fucking painful. <laughs> yeah, there is, there is a, it's not an action movie, but there, I mean, it's a thriller. When, when I mean, when it gets going, it does move at a very, very, very nice pace. Yeah. Um, but it is, uh, and as he keeps going back, essentially, he gets uh, obviously he's there are questions about where he, where he was before all of this when yeah. he was uh, when he was still uh, on. Yeah, all you know, like, remember, the last thing he remembers is being in Afghanistan. Yeah, like uh, from his time in Afghanistan, you know, like there, there are questions about his father. There are questions about, and then also as he keeps reliving the eight minutes with Michelle Monaghan's character, he starts to connect with her character as yeah. well. So there are all of these different elements coming coming at you as you're watching the film, and for the most part, handled very nicely. There is a, a great character called uh, Dr. Rutledge, who's played by an actor I love, Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> who is awesome in this movie. Jeffrey Wright has <laughs> such a collection of tics and mannerisms. The guy has a fucking cane almost. He's got, he's like, he's got, he's got a, what do you call them? Things you use for walking when you can? What do you call them? A walker? No, a crutch. The, the crutch, yeah. He's got a, he's got a crutch and he, he talks in a way that is very, very strange. And like, yeah. You need to be going back into the source code now. <laughs> you certainly have personality. Yeah. It's like charge, charge the drivers. It's kind of, <laughs> just, just weird. He just comes off as, what he, the fuck are you doing, man? He talks like one of the characters out of Rango. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but he's awesome in this movie. It's pretty good. But it, 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 yeah, I was going to say something, but I can't. And, um, uh, and you can, I mean, and this this should give you an idea of as to where this this film uh, has its sort of its roots. Uh, its science fiction roots um, is that um, we never see uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's father, but we do hear him. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the actor, it's an uncredited cameo, the who plays the father. Oh, you you spot that? That's what I was gonna go for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's genius. That's genius. I, I heard that because I listened to a podcast and they were they were just about to launch into spoiler territory for Source Code. They stopped it last week. Yeah. Saw the movie, listened to it, came out, and was like, fuck. Yeah, I mean the fact that they use this actor that gives you an idea as to where how how rooted in in. <laughs> it, it's, it's very cool. It's very, very cool. It's a nice little homage, and it's very tastefully done. And it does, and, 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 and it was a, it's a cameo that nobody knows about. Yeah, it doesn't hit you over the head with it at all. At all. And there's a lot of things in this. So the Empire Magazine had a chat with Duncan Jones, and there's a couple, they have eight, but I, can't, I don't think I can do all of eight. Um, there's a couple of things that they say, so things to watch out for on your first watch or rewatch. One is pay attention to the opening title, title graphic for an early cue. I don't get that one myself. And the second one is a little nod to Moon. Check Christina's ringtone. 
Apparently, right. Duncan Jones is a big fan of Chesney Hawks. Right, right, right. Because in Moon and in this, yeah, 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 I yeah, yeah, yeah. am the one and That's only. right, that's right, that's right. It is in Moon as well. Yeah, I don't know why it's in Moon, though. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's a long. It's yeah, I know, but I don't know why he picked that one. Of all, of all songs in the future you listen to, why do you listen to Chesney Hawks? No, because it ties into the character. It ties into the character. He's not the only one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, spoilers! Oh. <laughs> not for source code. Um, if, you lif- if you listen to Very Carefully, number three is if you listen to Very Carefully to Colder Stevens Father, you might find you recognize the voice. Um, number four, look closely at the bean sculpture as the camera tracks in on Coulter and Christina. The yeah. bean sculpture? The, the the glass thing. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, that's right. And that's something I want to see again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, the whole time when that bean sculpture came up, I'm like, what, 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 what is it? <laughs> Don't look for the obvious, where's the camera? Yeah, yeah. That was something I meant to mention about Sucker Punch as well. There was a scene in Sucker Punch Sp- where they had, of all the effects they did, they did the scene where they're on the other side of the mirror. Did you notice that? Yeah. And they went through the mirror onto the yeah, other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very well done. That, that was the most understated effective effect in the entire movie <laughs> in a movie full of overstatement yeah <laughs> speaking of Bean a website did this poll to see who's more badass out of the actors with the last name Bean Sean Bean or Michael Bean <laughs> <laughs> who won Michael Bean <laughs> <laughs> Sean Bean can handle up to eight arrows <laughs> alright Michael Bean killed the Terminator <laughs> <laughs> And survived aliens. Uh, yeah, that's true. But it didn't survive the crash. Uh, number five, notice that the director, Duncan Jones, makes a cameo in the film in the form of a coffee and donut shop. Oh. Maybe it's Jones's coffee, I'm not sure. Oh, I see. And keep an eye on Captain Goodwin's eyeline for an important hint that would pay off later in the film. I'm not, I don't get that. Um, well, I guess I'm going to have to see the movie again. Yeah, the next one's... The next, yeah, the next two I can't say. Okay. Because they're a bit too obvious. But, um, yeah, it's, good. I, it's a good bit. I wasn't... Blown away. I wasn't blown away. I mean, it no. gets, it's getting mentioned in a lot of circles, like with Inception, because of the different layers to it and all that kind of stuff. And maybe a more repeat viewings, I can get more into it. But I mean, it was a thriller. It was an action movie. Um, it wasn't too mind bendy, and I'll get to a bit in a minute about mind bending. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like you had to work hard to keep up. No. No. Um, but uh, it's a good solid work. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, I, I enjoyed the film. I think part of my issue with it is uh, is that is that I, I felt that. Um, it ended two endings too late. And that's what I was going to get into about the mind. <laughs> so it does, it does, uh, and that's it, about it, as it, much as I'll say. It, no, it does... Of all the movies you've ever reviewed, it's probably the one that would most benefit from a pullback, pullback, pullback fade yes, to black. Yes, yes, yes. There's a yes. very specific There's moment. There's a very specific moment where it would have been beautiful. And then it goes on for another 10 minutes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then there's two more. And you will know, and you will know this moment when it yeah. comes because you'll be thinking it'll be, a great, it'll be great if it ends now. Oh. And it doesn't. Oh? Huh? Hmm. Yeah. So huh? that and and it it, it kind of messed up the experience for me just enough to actually take away the blown away effect, because like if, blown away effect. No, I mean like if they had ended that it, movie with Jeff Bridges. No, 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 no. Huh. Being 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 walking out of the movie saying like that movie blew me away. Yeah. What th- that whole thing at the end stopped the stopped the movie from blowing me away. When, when the movie when the movie actually stopped. Yes. If it had ended. If it ended there. It would have been bittersweet. Yeah. Ooh, bittersweet. Like a derby. Very nice. It would have been nice. It would have been very nice. Would and then even nice. even when it, we, even directly the thirty seconds after that. Yeah. Pull back, pull back. Yeah. Back. Even with yeah. the train. Yeah. Going on. Yeah. But after that, it goes on a bit too yeah. long, and then they dump another one on you, and it's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I did. I did spend a good hour walking around town, going. Test screening. What, what was it? <laughs> was he so? With with the. Yeah, yeah. Oh. There is that whole bit where you just. What? 
<laughs> it doesn't make it doesn't make it doesn't ruin the movie for me, but it doesn't ruin the movie. It just takes the movie down a few notches. Mm. And I will say, I mean, we get a lot, we get some of our news off slash film. Yeah, we get some of that. Um, I actually got into a discussion with him earlier in the week about Steven Spielberg's World of Worlds, about how he like the he considers the scene under what's the name? The Italian, I can't remember his name, but uh, the he considered the scene in the in the basement in the house with Tim Robbins mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one of the best bits of drama he's ever seen. And I was like, well, I can't I can't take that movie as a whole because of the ending of it. Yeah. And it's ironic for them to you know take a stance on that movie, and for this it's like, well, that's two scenes, two maybe three scenes at the end, but it doesn't ruin my enjoyment of the movie at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go see that. Yep, go see it. Go check it out. Uh, finishing up. Oh, where's my windows gone? Um, <laughs> as usual, prepared in fucking shit. <laughs> uh, so what else did you see? You saw True Grit. Yes, I did see. I True have not Grit. seen this movie yet. I really, really want to. I'm a huge Coen Brothers fan, and uh, Coen yeah, I don't know why we haven't seen this movie yet. Coen I mean, Brothers, Coen Brothers reteaming with the dude. Yeah, I don't know why it took that long to fucking get to see it. It just took me a while. Um, so yeah, I got to see this. So True Grit, the remake of uh, the Jeff, uh, John Wayne movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, although based more on the book, yeah. Um, which, yeah. Um, so this is a story of Haley Stanfield played by um, Haley Stanfield plays Maddie Ross. She's yeah. a fourteen-year-old. You start with her character, and she's basically her paw's been shot. Mm-hmm. And the, the opening sequence of that is again, it's very lovely. Uh, Roger Deakins, I think, was involved as well as usual, wasn't he? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Roger yeah. Deakins has just done some beautiful stuff over the years with them. What was the last one he did? It was fantastic. Um, you're a lot of help today, guys. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't remember the last movie that Roger Deakins was the cinematographer. No, he just. It was. It was involved in an animated movie a while ago as well. He was like asked to look at it. Um, he's involved in Doubt, the Revolutionary Road, the Company Men. Oh, the Company Men. You seen the Company Men? Yeah, yeah. No Country for Old Men. That's what I was thinking of. Well, he always the assassination of. He has a. He has a beautiful way of, of, of working the West. He's beautiful. He has a tone. Oh, Brother Oretta was another one. It's very sepia tone. Yeah, yeah. He has that. This definitely fits in with all his. It's all. I think he might have. He might have given some help to Rango or been. No, it wasn't Rango. Something else. That, some animated movie that he was involved with, just about the framing and stuff like that. Um, not too sure. Either way. Um, so True Grit is the story of Hattie Ross. Wants to, you know, she wants to find the Paz killer and kill him. Mm-hmm. There is so, no, there is no bringing into law. It's like she will pay for this motherfucker to get killed. And she asks the character already in the movie, "Well, oh, are you, are you, why aren't you riding after him? He's gone into Indian territory." And it's, it's history is stupid argument. And it's like, well, you know, that's outside my territory. You know, when you need a marshal to hunt that down, it's like the marshals and why they going after him? Well, you know, they got a lot of work on. It's like, well, you know, will they take a reward? And they go, they will work for hire. So what do you got? And you got this guy who's like, he's, he's not great. And then you got this guy who's the meanest fucking asshole you'll ever meet. And you got this other guy who's probably the best. He'll probably, he'll bring him back and he'll get him to court and all that. And she's like, okay. And then she goes, he's the meanest asshole you'll ever see. And Jeff Bridges is totally loving this role. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just drunk. And like, his, your introduction to him is her knocking on a bathroom, on a door. And you don't realize what it is at first. And he's like, you're the youth. <laughs> I will be in here for some time. One of the problems I have with this movie is it's, Fucking hard to understand a word he says. I thought at first it was a sound mix, but it's not. He just mumbles and it's tuned to Becky mm-hmm. and is just very, very hard to understand. But there's a long setup, but, uh, and what's his name gets involved as well? Uh, Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Matt Damon's a Texas Ranger. And he fucking reminds everyone in every minute he's a Texas Ranger. He's a real pretty boy and all this kind of shit. And, they do all fall into fall in together and end up, you know, she proves her worth and they end up going off to go after this guy who's played by Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. 
Um, which is cool when he pops up. There's a lot of cool little characters that's popping up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it, it is quite hard to understand at times just because of the language used. Right. And um, it's an excellent film. It's a really good western. You cool. know, people thought Unforgiven finished the westerns off, but I think this this is a good western. This is a solid western. Jeff Bridges is great. He's actually great. Um, Matt Damon gets to play an interesting role. Something happens to him halfway through that incapacitates him in some way that is fucking hilarious when it happens to him because he fucking talks all the time. It's about time someone shut him up. Right. Um, and it's also, it, it's surprising as well. I mean, I haven't seen the old movie in a long time, mm-hmm. um, but it does catch you out. There's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of misdirection and, you know, something's happening you don't expect to happen and things expect to go bad, go better, things expect to go good, go worse. Mm-hmm. And uh, your woman, um, Hayley Stanfield is, is one to watch. She's definitely, she's got this motor mouth on her and she's got balls of steel. Well, uh, she's, uh, looks like, that she's going to be cast in a, a, a reboot of um, Romeo and Juliet. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. There's a fantastic scene where, you know, her pop bought horses and she needs some money to pay for the ransom, so she's negotiating with this guy. Mm-hmm. And, like, the first time she negotiates with him, it's like she goes back and forth and he can't get rid of this bitch and he just drives at the wall. And then the following day, she comes in with a letter from the lawyer saying, Yeah, I'll absolve you of all responsibility. You pay me this money, you pay me that money. And they're talking about shit again at her fat paw's saddle. And he just stops and goes, Oh, are we negotiating again? Mm-hmm. And then the, her character totally sells out that someone will be afraid to negotiate with. She gives everyone hell, right? And she's only fourteen. And she's, only, she's only only fourteen, fifteen in real yeah, life yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And she pulls it off with a plot. Excellent. So she's excellent. Jeff Bridges is excellent. Je- uh, Josh Brolin's not in it much. Uh, Matt Damon gets a good role, and it's just again, it goes places you don't expect. And it didn't seem that long. I, don't, I think it is maybe two hours long, but it doesn't seem that long. But it seems a lot happens in that time. Right. And you know, they say. <laughs> You ever see that Family Guy where Peter talks about when they say the name of the movie in the movie? Yeah, yeah. He'd have a fucking field day in this. She says True Grit about six fucking times. <laughs> I heard you had I heard you had True Grit. Hey! He's like, oh, you're quitting on me? I thought you had a True Grit. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> I wish I were big. Hey! <laughs> you're presenting a clear present danger. Hey! <laughs> they drew first blood, not me. Hey! What am I, some kind of Family Guy? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is it, it, it's a very good movie. It's a good western. It's a good, good dude. Movie. Where's my car? Hey! Uh, it's a good movie to watch in any kind of mood. I thought I would have to be in a certain you know certain movies. You think you gotta have to be in a mood to watch them. You wanna know what movie you're gonna get a lot of that in? What Thor? Yeah. Hey! <laughs> no, I'm Captain America. Hey! <laughs> I'm we're the Avengers. Hey! Did you see the thing about Jeremy Renner supposedly being in yeah, a yeah, clip? Yeah, yeah. He's, like, he's, in a, he's in a cherry picker. <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen the clip? No, I, I don't want to watch any of this. He's I, in a cherry picker holding a bow and arrow. It's like, are they going to CG something in here? Or is he actually in the cherry picker? Why is he up there? What's he doing? I've, I've, I've seen enough stuff. I don't want to see any more stuff on uh, on Thor. I want to yeah. wait for the movie to come out. Yeah. I've seen just enough to have my appetite wet. That's all I need. Yeah. Yeah. Bring on the Thor. 28th. So here we go. Uh, so we'll finish off as usual with the Belasian and US box office top 10. At number 10, Men Suddenly in Love. At number nine, The Eagle, formerly The Eagle of Nine. I have heard conflicting things on this. I have heard, like, yeah, Shining Tatum is dumb, but I also heard it's quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, number eight, Hikayat Murong Mahawangsa. Yeah, this is awesome. Number seven, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Number six. Chun! Okay, I was going to pronounce that some other way. <laughs> <laughs> good. Number five, Choi Lee Futt. <laughs> okay. Number four, Just Go With It. Number don't, three. Don't Just Go With It. That's, that's Jennifer Aniston. Yep, yep. And, um, Adam Sandler, right? Yep. Yeah, number it. three, World Invasion Battle Los Angeles. Uh, number two, hot. Number one, Sucker Punch. Better than you. Well, there's no way uh, we'd be here to beat it. <laughs> no. In the U.S., number ten, Battle Los Angeles. At number nine, Paul. And that's 
Three weeks on release seven. I mean, it's holding up there. I mean, there's been talk that this whole game might be this year's Scott Pilgrim. It'll it'll cap off at about fifty mil, which is the cost. Yeah. Number eight, Rango. Number seven, Sucker Punch. Number six, The Lincoln Lawyer. Matthew, <coughs> Matthew McCarthy. I just choked saying his name. Yeah. Number five, Limitless. I want to see this. Yeah, I really want to see this. And uh, number four, Diary of a Wimpy Kid Two, Roderick Rules. Number three, Insidious. I really want to see this. This is supposed to be very good. I heard something about this. A point later on in the movie where they go into some kind of dark area and they were literally so out of budget they literally just didn't light it. I don't know. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> number the two, uh, movie we just reviewed, Source Code. Mm-hmm. And at number one, Hop. Hop. Wow. That's insane. <sighs> what are you going to do? Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much, guys, for listening. If anything, please email us, podcast at mcappenfries.com. And we'll be here same time, well, not same time next week, but sometime next week. Yeah, sometime next week. All right, <laughs> good night. See ya.